0: Episode 20, Good Life Housing Partners, sitting here with the Esquire extraordinaire, David Fong, Rohan Gupta. Uh, David, let's start with, uh, how was Christmas? We're December 30th, so Christmas just a week ago. How did it go for you?
1: It was, uh, it was nice. It was uh, at home, just with the immediate family, wife and, and kids, and uh, quiet, um, as I'm sure a lot of people, um, at least originally I thought a lot of people just stayed home like I did, and uh, interesting enough, I, I saw on the news, um, you know, th- last Sunday was the biggest um, travel day uh, so far since since COVID. Um, from December 23rd to 26th, um, I don't think everyone really listened to the CDC and all the other warnings. Uh, about 3.8 million people I heard pass through airports, which, which, you know, still less than last year, 9.5 million people I heard. But it's still a, a huge amount of people that go to airports. And at least anecdotally, from the few people I know who traveled to Florida and other, you know, warmer climates and other places to see some family. Um, airports were, you know, not fully back to normal, but it, you know, wasn't empty like, like it usually is. What yeah. about yourself? How was your Christmas? No,
0: I, I uh, well, we traveled right before Christmas. Um, you know, we, we needed to get a get a, the kids out. The school was done for my daughter. And so we wanted to get a few days outside of a lockdown Los Angeles and so we took uh took some time out and went to Mexico which was awesome and I look forward to going back there um but the Christmas was fine it was quiet the kids we have some kids are in our neighborhood and so all the kids played together and uh the uh, parents sort of hang out after the kids went down and it was pretty pretty mundane for the most part I would say it was kind of you know the park by our house, the playground is closed, a lot of stuff is closed, normally this time of the year we, we have, we'll generally have a bunch of folks over and my in-laws will come over and other family and friends and stuff, and it's a pretty full household, uh, didn't feel comfortable with anyone really coming over aside from like uh, the neighbors who we see all the time, so yeah, it was, it was kind of a, you know, um, a blob of Christmas I would say, but.
1: Yeah, on the political front, it's interesting, It. You know, the story roller coaster continues. I think, uh, you know, I think last week we thought we were all done with the CARES Act and everything was fine. And, and uh, Trump kind of uh, drew a little uh, uh, monkey wrench and in, in everything and, and uh, basically criticized the CARES Act and it kind of, you know, all the relief provisions, which, which were going to be good. And I thought we were all hopeful uh, for the real estate industry too, especially, um, was thrown into doubt. And I remember that. I was thinking about this today. How over Christmas, I was like, oh, well, what are they going to do? And I think day after Christmas, all these unemployment benefits were set to expire. And uh, sure enough, now, uh, you know, we're into the following week after Christmas. And uh, I think Sunday night, Trump signed it into law. And so there was some question over whether he was going to do it. Um, But I think, you know, again, it's sort of typical of the roller coaster we've been having with the government on, on a lot of things. Um... But I am hopeful. I think it's there was a lot of good things from the real estate industry that I think is coming out of that CARES Act package. Uh, in particular, um, there's twenty five billion dollars of funds allocated for tenant assistance, uh, which I think, which is, while helpful, it's not a solution. Um, I, you know, statistically, I heard there's seventy billion dollars of deferred or back rent owed by tenants in in the United States. But twenty five billion dollars, I think, you know, we've experienced some delinquencies, too, and a lot of our tenant base, some of them lost jobs. And from what I understand with at least some of these programs um, that will be distributed in different metropolitan areas, um, some of the jurisdictions are, are willing to cover uh, back rent and delinquent rent of tenants. And so I think that's definitely a, a plus and will help stabilize, you know, um, you, know you know occupancy and, and, and uh, collections. So, so that was the one really uh, positive thing I saw coming out of this uh CARES Act, um, and, you know, in addition to, I think there was some uh, funds for testing and other things that's also good for, uh, you know, vaccine, and also more money for vaccination dist- purchases and distributions and, you know, vaccinations are, are continuing. Um, I think we have two now, and I, I, as of yesterday, I think the United Kingdom has also approved the third vaccine. It um, hasn't been approved in the United States yet, but the AstraZeneca one. And that's very, I, yeah, I found that very exciting. Because uh, that vaccine, from what I understand, you just need to store it in a refrigerator, and so the uh, longevity of that and, and uh, you know the success of the, hopefully distributing that will be uh, much more positive. I know there have been a few hiccups with Pfizer, Moderna, because because of various reasons and, and you know because it's a much more complicated distribution and logistical issues, uh, but it but I think it's positive. Yeah, I think all that's positive. I think the.
0: You you touched on something interesting, and that's the idea of back rent. And I think, you know, one of the things that we're going to see really play out over 2021 is the idea of how back rent gets treated. And I know, you know, I don't think we have an asset, at least that I can think of offhand, that that doesn't have a back rent issue. And in a lot of cases, you know, we are starting to, though we're keeping it accounted for, we're starting to write that off, and and it's one of those things where it's like, well, you know, I've got a, a tenant that's making you know a reasonable wage for the area, mm-hmm. like a median wage for the area, which is say a household that makes six thousand mm-hmm. dollars, and but there's no way they're going to be able to pay six thousand dollars in back rent mm-hmm. for when they lost their job or both, it's gone, and. I think the, this will be interesting how this $25 billion plays out mm-hmm. because my guess is that the back rent is far more than that. Like, yeah. if you look on a whole. Now, my, you know, there's probably going to be larger properties with the, with the resources to actually apply and get mm-hmm. all this mm-hmm. stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think in the end, by this time next year, most of the back rent isn't paid back. Most of it gets written off. Especially on the residential side, yeah. the commercial side—it's it's a little more, cha- you know—it's it's different because there's there's businesses and commercial leases, sure. but I think most of it gets written off, and it's just you know, you o- you own X Y Z apartments, and you obviously have more resources, and you're able to take that hit better than little Jimmy that works it directly.
1: True, true. I don't think it—it's certainly. You know, no miracle pill to, to that that'll solve the back rent issue. Because I mean, the the real solution to that is, you know, employment has to go back up. And these these types of tenants who have are issues with the rent, you know, that's really the cause is jobs. And so, unless they get jobs back, um, you know, that that you know that, that doesn't eliminate the problem. I think it's a huge step. It's a good step. You know, like, as I mentioned, 25 billion versus 70 billion of, of deferred or outstanding back rent. Um, but there are other features of it, you know. That's helpful from a job standpoint. I, I know there's money given to the airlines, although some people don't yeah. like giving money airs. But you know, Southwest Airlines is an example. I, I heard that because of this, they're they're not gonna, they were about to do their first ever layoffs, and mm. they decided to they postponed it. Yeah. And so that's you know jobs and, and salaries for people who could have you know would have experienced problems with, with rent down the line and and is, you know and cause issues for apartment owners. And so, you know, you have that and then, you know, of course the six hundred dollars direct payments, you know, that's that's more money and this to be to be determined whether, you know, the debate with Senate Republicans and, and Democrat Congress, you know, whether we're gonna double that to or more than double that to two thousand dollars as as Trump requested. Yeah. You know, that'll be questionable nice whether that'll salvo happen. On the way out. But but it'll be interesting if that something like that happens or at least they at least, at least the Republicans keep talking about we'll we'll dress some more money later, and so and so. But you know, I do think something will happen once Joe Biden finally becomes president. You know, in the in you know in, in 2021, I think there will be another kind of stimulus package, and so um, it bodes well. Doesn't solve anything, of course, but uh, but it's 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 some you know positive steps. And then on the debt side, um, I know some lenders, uh, Freddie Mac, the government agencies. You know, they had one round of uh, loan forbearance pr- programs in the past. Where they, uh, you know, forgave basically three months of mortgage payments, and I think they're they're doing a second round of that, and so that I think will be beneficial to apartment owners who get a little bit of stress because of, uh, you know, delinquent uh, tenants and collections.
0: Yeah, I mean, think that, that's going to be interesting. How who now gets that forbearance? And it also give me, you know, I, we were talking to one of our bankers this morning, and and it, now they're starting to roll out what's going to happen with PPP. And, you know, they're going to cap the amount of PPP. That's, right. That's going to be $2 million cap. I think they're going to be much more judicious on who actually gets it. I think people who are taking it are also going to be a lot more careful on, you know, Shake Shack probably shouldn't get $10 million. Yeah, yeah. Like there's, Now we, this second iteration, and, and generally I think speaking is like, you know, the second time you're doing something, anything, is generally going to be probably a little better than the first. Yeah. And so I think they've learned some things on this next round, and we'll see a lot of improvements. And I think it will help boost things up. Um, but I think, you know, I think <clears throat> the question you, David, is, like, we're looking here a couple days out of the new year, and, you know, I, as I look at the year, even with the vaccine, some, one of the things I'm predicting is, like, you're not going to see this stopping of case counting. And, and I'll tell you, the, the main reason why is because... Yes, it's something people should know about, and it is a real. It's important for the public to know about it, but it's also a tremendous way to get eyeballs to a screen. Like it is, it is going to be for the foreseeable future, like maybe the easiest way for people to look at CNN or the local news or anything, yeah. and the, what they look for most. And even through a vaccine, even though you have a vaccine, and let's just say, one percent of the population has a vaccine today, which is probably what it is. You know, eventually they'll go to two and five and ten and fifteen yeah. and even twenty percent. But the cases aren't just gonna suddenly disappear. Yeah. They'll, continue. they'll continue. And it's and yeah. worth and even if they're not as severe, which now seems like they aren't, even though there's hospitalizations, there's definitely less people dying for how many people are getting it, because we have more testing. But also because it seems like it's not nearly as much. But it is to my point it's counting cases isn't going away. Not next year, probably not the year after that, probably not for a while.
1: Yeah, uh, I agree. Counting cases won't go away. I think, I think we'll we'll see a hybrid. They'll be counting vac- vaccinations, how many people have been vaccinated, yeah. because they'll start comparing that data. And so I think that will continue. I mean, in a similar vein. I don't think you know PPE will, you know, also be gone. And we all throw away our PPE. I think we'll all still have masks, and I think protocol will still be a little yeah. different on planes to a certain extent. I don't think they're immediately going to stop all the cleaning and so or for for it at least a, for at least a, 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 another year or so at least a year if not longer yeah and and, and I think and some of this is, is honestly like
0: tsa type stuff where you will be wearing a mask on a plane for a very long time
1: yeah i mean i've heard too and then one of the things they've talked about is is not just masks is having some kind of identifier to indicate whether you've been vaccinated sure you it, know some kind of app or system or something you know just like how like actually which got delayed uh, I know in california we have it the the the, the special, I forgot the name of it, the special little check mark on your driver's license you used to, when you go to your TSA, you normally just show a driver's license, but now there's a some kind of real verification or something you have to do, with. a bunch of states have started already. And I remember, actually, actually uh, this, uh, this past year was supposed to be the date that, you know, when you go to the airport, you can't use your old driver's license, you had to have the special yeah. driver's license with that special verification of identity that they were going to do. And so that's been delayed a year, but you know, I could easily see some some similar type device dealing with with vaccination, so we can, and people will start tracking that, of course, more. And again, I I also think you know this this not to sound negative uh, or too pessimistic about it. I think there will be some other virus of some yeah. sort in the future again. So so testing centers too, and 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 actually that's the other thing I saw as interesting on a, on, a, on the retail level. You know, shopping centers have, and malls have been decimated. By, by COVID, everyone's gone online. with malls and things shutting down, but one area that's sort of uh, been developing in it, and I think will stay with us now uh, on a longer term basis, is something they call medtail, which is medical related retail. Uh, so it's basically medical type facilities in retail sh- shopping center type facilities. So for example, the urgent care, that the you know, and the testing sites. You know, I think some of that will stay, um, just be- from a long term standpoint. I don't think those will just be gone in in in, in a year or so. I think some of that will continue.
0: I think it'll continue a long time. Like I, I think I think the cost of testing is, is, I think right now you are at the peak of being able to get a test, and you can get it in, in a myriad of ways, whether some comes and swabs your nose, whether you stand outside Dodger Stadium yeah. in a car, or wait in a car at Dodger Stadium for an hour, whether you go, like, you've gone to Walgreens a number of times, whether you go to urgent care, and there's a number of ways, a number of costs of doing it, I think as we get to like a year from today you are going to see there'll still be a number of those ways but a lot of those will have disappeared because there'll be much easier cheaper tests available that people will just do on their own.
1: Yeah. I think. No, I and, I, and I, it's funny you say that cuz I, I remember seeing it, you know, through the uh, when, I, when I surf online on the internet I've been starting to get hit by all these pop-up ads for like Quest Diagnostics or some kind of laboratory now doing these, you know, do it at home tests. Um, you know, and you no, know, it's $180. You know, not super cheap, but not super expensive either. And I could see the normality of you know buying a bunch of them so you have them ready at, at, at your office or wherever or at home. And it's and it's a pretty simple test. From what I said, it's it's uh, they they get FedEx to you. You order it online. They get FedEx to you, and you do the test, and then you Fed, they have a pre-built-in labeled FedEx slip to send it to the lab, and then the results come right back to you. Yeah. So I think. You know, more of that will become prevalent, like you said, and um, you know, because we'll be testing. We'll we'll be, need testing to be testing for a while, even if we did take the vaccine. Yeah, we'll even still if you, still take it, you still
0: test. You still test. I think that's going to be a. It's going to be a, a standard, a new standard for how we operate as a society to test. I think one thing that's that's really kind of interesting is the testing has gotten much quicker and easier and, and much more attainable. It's still costly on some level and definitely more time consuming than it should be. And that'll change. I think one thing that, that has not happened here, but you see in other countries, the tracing. Mm-hmm. And you would have thought like when this first started happening, COVID really hit in March. And then people started explaining like what tracing was because most people didn't really know what it was. Yeah. By, you know, April and May, and there was like a lot of... And people were actually like, I think, really frustrated because we weren't tracing like other... Especially a lot of Asian countries are very... On top of this tracing part, and even today, like you fast forward, we're December now. We're eight months into this deal, nine months into this, and tracing's still kind of like a, who knows who's really yeah. tracing. I don't you know? think anyone's
1: really tracing. I think it's I think it's a hot mess. To be honest, it, I remember uh, a couple of people we knew who were diagnosed uh, positive with coronavirus, and and I remember asking them what happens. Okay, you're, you know, what's the next step? We're all focused on do I test negative? Okay, you test negative, but what happens if you test positive? What's the next step? And what I keep hearing was, you know, because I was wondering, well, is the is the state is the health department following you, checking in on you, monitoring yeah. you? And and I had all sorts of stories about, you know, oh, they're supposed to call me every day, but they don't. No one calls, or they're just too overwhelmed on the staff. And this sort of chasing is is just really non-existent. I don't think the funds and resources are there.
0: But I think also it's just it sort of has left the overall psyche of this idea of tracing like you still have some apps that do it yeah. like you can opt in to do it but like it's nowhere near as like prevalent and people talking about it as you as it was maybe just even four or five months ago where people are like we need to trace yeah. we need to test yeah. we need i, th- to trace I, th- I think like,
1: we've given up on that I think, I think we've given up i think we're basically focused on wear that mask which which has been difficult for some reason in the united states but but i think now it's at least it's, it. it's, it's people are doing it much more now than they were in the beginning
0: Yeah. I think, I think people are definitely doing it and people are also like, uh, people are just know that it exists, the virus. And people are also very hopeful of a vaccine. I, I, I think that on some level, the other thought I I had was that I think travel really expands the way you think. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: And it's like one of the really good ways of like expanding your mind or making your, making you think like even just Going to an airport, finding your gate, getting on a plane, and organizing yourself, and you know, going to a different place, landing somewhere, and then not, you know, having to figure out what to do from there, Mm -hmm. forces your brain in an exercise format to think, but it also expands it and sees how other people are living and doing Mm -hmm. stuff. And I think one thing that our office has actually really benefited from is that we've gone to places that are like extremely open, and we've been in a place that's extremely closed, and. While I'm not ed- advocating, like, we should open this thing wide open, I'm also seeing, like, a lot of places that are fairly open that have the same sort of case spread as we do. Not so bad. Like, yeah. not that bad. Like, it's it's yeah. it's kind of okay. Yeah. And, and their economies are doing well. And so, actually, this is sort of, I think we're kind of getting to the end here, but my number of the week, and I want to go first because my number is not a good one, mm-hmm. is I go back to 2009 and in 2009 at the height of the great recession out of our 360 counties 74 of them ended up filing bankruptcy and i think so my number is 74 right now mm-hmm. but i think because of this and because of lockdowns and the loss of overall revenue we will see that 74 number shattered because that was the most in us history and that will go probably into 100
1: oh wow that's, that's my a, that's, number. A, that's a big and I, that's my them.
0: guess that's my I think in 2021, you will see over 100 counties in this country have to file for bankruptcy and reorganize their debtors and create real additional slowdowns in the speed of commerce and business in those cities and states. Yeah.
1: Now, I, I, I could completely see that happening. I mean, I, I know one of the big issues with the whole CARES Act was, and, and it got tabled, was Funding for for state and local yep. governments, and because they've been cash-strapped because of all the money they didn't anticipate spending for cleaning and and dealing with COVID and, and and all these other issues, and now you know, and and there's no none of that funding got got approved, and so whether or not that gets approved is still questionable, and so I could see how like they're going to be cash-strapped and and they really will have no choice but, <laughs> but to file bankruptcy. Yep. So I could completely see that see that happening. Before I give, give you my number, just going back to something you said that's interesting, I wanted to ask you a question. Uh, you know, you talk about traveling and everything, uh, and, and there's some questions over, you know, who will start flying, obviously. You know, at, at some point I've heard theories, and I wanted to get your opinion on it, you know, about whether, you know, in the second quarter of next year, now that more and more people are being vaccinated, are you going to see a huge spike in, in people traveling? And also going out to eat, and I, I, I think you will, because I do think there's at least I feel it. There's definitely some COVID exhaustion. You just all want to get out. You all want to go celebrate yeah. those graduations and things you didn't get to do, and uh, and birthdays and Weddings those things. And, 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 stuff, and so, yeah. so I think the leisure travel will be back. I'm just curious whether you think business travel will be back too or not.
0: Well, I know for I, I, I think I'm gonna answer to it two way. One for ourselves, our travel has been back, and we've been traveling, yeah. and I expect that to continue and probably ramp, mm-hmm. you know, depending on our project load for the year. But I expect us to increase. But
1: what about conventions? Because that was a I can, big so problem. So, so I think industry. I,
0: I think that there, I think you're going to see a real bifurcation. You're going to see, and you're already seeing it. You're seeing people have been pent up, and so. They're saying, okay, I don't want to get on a plane because somehow that's where the coronavirus is totally living and I'm going to catch it there or an airport, or whatever they, they think is associated with around flying. So instead of that, I'm going to go up the road to Santa Barbara from Los Angeles or I'm going to go to Palm Springs. And so those rates in Santa Barbara and Palm Springs are like at their all-time highs.
1: Right.
0: You can't, like this week, you probably couldn't get a place in Santa Barbara. Like I was in Mexico where I was all-time high. Wow. And, and they're at, and... In Mexico, what's interesting is because they're at capacity limits, they have an artificial amount of, like, they actually have to keep supply off. Mm. So it actually pushes the, the rate even higher. Yeah. But you're already seeing that local traffic is already happening. And I think as the year goes on, as we get into the second and third quarter, you'll see that vaccinated or not, people are just going to start, they've already had the COVID fatigue. Unfortunately for us, our lockdown here in Los Angeles probably lasts another month, if not two more months. But they're going to start moving around, and then you're just going to say, hey, i got to live my life. Yeah. And, and then you know, the okay. gates are open. And the so gates are sure. open, and the city's they're open. Here. And, and I, I think we talked about last podcast. Like the, there is a certain appeal that has occurred, and this is the first I've ever seen, of cities that I thought were okay now have real uh, appeal because they're open. Yeah. Like I think Phoenix is fine. I think it's a nice place. I could go there for a day, maybe one evening. But now I'm like, maybe I should go there for a week and just hang. That seems good. I go to a restaurant, like one guy knew, literally spent his week last week, he's like, I'm going to Phoenix, I'm going to dine out a few times, and I'm just going to spend it there. That's going to be my Christmas. Good. Interesting. I, I don't think a year ago, he's like, I can't wait to go to Phoenix to eat. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, it's, what's funny you say Phoenix, because that... that relates to my number, okay. which is thirty-three thousand, <laughs> and that's the number of, of units that are in planning uh, for apartment construction in Phoenix. Wow! And Phoenix is basically on fire. That's, that's a new high record uh, that's, for for that's for, 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 for Phoenix, and I think it goes back to kind of the tale of multiple different cities. Like you said, you learn from traveling different areas. Phoenix, unlike you know cities, you know New York City and, and San Francisco, where you've seen rent drops, your know, highest rent drops since March that's, that's been a while over 20% um, you know it's, it's it's a city where there's been more job growth even during this uh, pandemic yeah. and people are just flocking to it and, and co- you know cost of living and other things and so uh, those trends I think will continue and, and it's not even cost of living
0: I mean it's definitely cost of them, but you know it's also like hey I'm gonna pay 13% state tax in California which will go to probably 16 mm-hmm. or I'll just pay 7 in Phoenix if I'm wealthy that's eh, not that bad. I'm going to have like, you know, I always say like in Dallas, I could move to Dallas. I have no state tax. But I lose 50 sunny days. Yeah. In Phoenix, I get like I'm not going to lose the 50 sunny days. I'm going to gain like 70 like ridiculously hot days. Yeah. But all right yeah. i'll just go somewhere else yeah. for 70 you just, years you it?
1: won't you won't have the oceans and the beaches but you'll have you'll I don't you'll, go you'll to have this ma- <laughs> you'll have red rock mountains and you'll, yeah you have, have, have nice Scott, pools and you have scottsdale resorts and stuff so hey with well, young
0: there. children pools are a lot easier yeah. they don't eat the sand at the pool so uh well this has been a great addition it's been a hell of a year uh, 2020 uh adios my friend or not my friend at all but it's been a crazy year we've Persevered through Mr. Fong, we've done and done things we've never done before. I can definitely say it has uh, forced us to think in ways we've never thought before. It's forced um, resilience and strength and perseverance that um, I don't think either of us knew we had. But we've made it through. We're actually um, looking at a at a slew of closings in January, which I'm very excited about. A bunch of projects that we really feel excited about that are. Now, for the most part, fully funded, and uh, man, I, I can't wait to jump into twenty twenty one. Only forty eight hours away. Yeah,
1: I agree completely. I'm excited. It's twenty twenty has been an unprecedented year, as you mentioned. I'm, I'm excited about twenty twenty one because of the new deals we have on the horizon. Interesting enough, we also have a few deals we're exiting in twenty twenty one too, and so I'm excited. We, we just signed one up and got a non refundable deposit from a from a buyer, and so you know I'm just happy to leave all the the you know, COVIDness and 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 worry and depression of COVID behind, and and you know, I appreciate like you said we we've had to think out of the box and 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 uh, be aggressive on on dealing with collections and other things, and and uh, you know, haven't gotten through that. I'm, I'm excited, you know, to, of what's to come. Anyway, be safe, everyone. Have a happy new year.
0: See you in 2021.